So long story short, we, uh, the inspector revoked our certificates of occupancy for several of the homes due to the power issue. So we were really in a, in a rough spot because, you know, though we were, we were planning on that income and on our pro forma, we had planned for that income. So we had to do a, a $60,000 capital call. As an operator, I know other investors are romanticizing multifamily investing, and I'm looking to learn from other investors' mistakes. I know you are too, and you found the right place. Welcome to Myers Methods Presents Multifamily Missteps. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Multifamily Missteps. I'm your host, Jerome, and I've got the great pleasure of having Andrew Kill with me today. Andrew, how are things where you are today? Things are good. I'm in uh, Oviedo, Florida, which is just outside of Orlando. The sun is shining, so uh, you can't beat it. It's nice. All right, man. So tell the listeners a little bit about you and your background and how you got into the space. Yeah, so I started out as a Lonnie dealer. Uh, I was flipping houses around Central Florida and came across two mobile homes uh, through a yellow letter that I had mailed out. And these mobile homes, I didn't know what to do with them, how to make money off of them. They were in uh, a mobile home park in Ocala, Florida. And I knew I could make money on them somehow because they were 2200 bucks cash and I could buy both of them. And they were like vinyl side, shingle roof mobile homes, like really nice homes. So I bought them, didn't really know how I was going to like make money off of them, but I bought them and then went home and got on YouTube and typed in how to make money with, with mobile homes. And I came across this guy named Lonnie Scruggs and he wrote this book called Deals on Wheels and it tells people how to generate mailbox money through buying mobile homes in people's parks and then selling them on contract to an end buyer. So I took these two mobile homes, ended up flipping them. Uh, and selling them, uh, one of them I got three grand down as like a down payment, which covered both of you know my my costs right there, and then the other one I got like fifteen hundred dollars as a down payment, and then off both of them I got two hundred and fifty bucks a month for five years. So the the returns were crazy. I put the I put these on Craigslist to sell them, and the demand was just off the charts. Like it was insane, and I mean the stigma that's around mobile homes and mobile home parks. Uh, you know, was like, you know, still in my mind right in the very beginning when I got into this. Uh, but the demand was so strong that I was just instantly obsessed with the whole asset, uh, the whole mobile home parks and mobile homes in general and manufactured housing. So uh, I eventually did like 20 more of those deals with the individual mobile homes. And through that, I met a mobile home park owner that told me, hey, you're doing it wrong. You need to own the real estate. That's where the real wealth is built not through the individual homes, which is technically personal property. Uh, there's tax benefits, et cetera. And uh, he gave me the lowdown and I was, that was like an aha moment for me. And I was like, all right, I need to somehow get into owning mobile home parks. I didn't have a lot of money, didn't come from money. Uh, so I basically just was like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna figure this out. I went to a couple like boot camps and seminars on mobile home park investing. And then I just started cold calling and I ended up cold calling throughout the Midwest is where I was looking uh, for, there's some strategic reasons why we want to buy in the Midwest. Uh, but yeah, ended up finding a deal in Edwardsville, Illinois, 
was a 67 lot mobile home park five states away from me. And it was actually a, a home run deal. It was a 10 cap. Uh, we went in, I got it under contract. And then I contacted someone that I met at the boot camp, one of those mobile home park boot camps. And they agreed to fund the investment money needed to purchase the property, uh, which was like 300 grand. So we, we took it down. Uh, 18 months later, we were able to refinance, pull out all the equity, pay back the investor, plus a great pref. And uh, yeah, that case study is now on my website. It's, it's one of our, our better deals. And I bought five more parks with that same investor. And since then, I've syndicated money and raised money from you know, a large group of investors to do, uh, to do deals. We took down a, a five-park portfolio uh, back in 2018. And we have a couple deals under contract right now that we're syndicating as well. So things are picking up nicely. Wow. But every story doesn't end that way, right? <laughs> no. No, it definitely doesn't, man. But that was, uh, yeah, that's how we got where we are today. That's amazing. Uh, maybe I should change asset classes. <laughs> <laughs> Got to figure I mean, safe in this whole environment. And we're like, well, maybe what part of multifamily actually works? And so you were telling me about a deal where there was a $60,000 adverse impact. Break it. Tell yes. Yeah. So basically we bought a, we bought a property uh, in Tennessee and during our due diligence period, we had an electrical inspection that was done. And, you know, we hired a local electrician to come out. He checked out the pedestals at every site and basically told us that, you know, there were some minor things that needed to be done, you know, less than $3,000 worth of work. So we negotiated that with the seller and got that completed before we closed, which was basically like, you know, putting some conduit over some exposed line and things like that. Uh, Later down the line, when we were bringing in homes to fill vacant lots in this community, because we had to bring in about 10 homes, uh, when we went to hook up the power to these new homes, we found out that the electrical through this property was what's called daisy-chained. So the main line that comes that the power company is responsible for is basically one run down a whole row of homes and then it splices off to each of the individual trailers. So the, the last home in the line was having electrical issues. You know, if, if, if it was like, you know, seven, eight o'clock at night, you know, there'd be people in the, in the homes and, you know, using electricity, you know, hair dryers, using, uh, you know, lights, using the furnace, using everything. So the last person, the last home in the, in the chain was getting the, you know, not getting full power. Uh, so had the electric electrical company come out and we're like, Hey, you know, what's going on here? And basically they didn't have enough transformers. You know, they, they should have transformers at like every three or four homes so that there's not just one line feeding all of these, you know, 25 homes. So long story short, we, uh, the inspector revoked our certificates of occupancy for several of the homes due to the power issue. So we were really in a, in a rough spot because, you know, though we were, we were planning on that income and on our pro forma, we had planned for that income. So we had to do a, a $60,000 capital call. Uh, this was a JV agreement that we did with one of our original investors. 
And, you know, we had to raise an additional 60 grand to come in and, you know, install several transformers to redo the electrical uh, in, in the, in the park, basically like the main line electrical. So the, you know, the lesson learned is, you know, you got to dig a little bit deeper and this, they don't teach this in the boot camp. They don't teach this in the 30 day due diligence handbook, but you know, there's more than just the pedestals when it comes to mobile home electrical infrastructure. You got to make sure that you also, uh, you know, meet with the power company and, and communicate with them on, hey, we're going to be bringing homes to fill these vacant lots. What does the process look like to do so? So, you know, now we have uh, the engineer, the local engineer for the power company come out to every property and we tell them, hey, we plan to put a home on each of these vacant lots. What does that look like for you? Is it going to be overhead? Is it going to be underground? You know, who pays for that? Who does the trenching, et cetera? And, uh, that's just, you know, saved us quite a bit of money. So, uh, the, the $60,000 mistake, you know, in the long run, uh, in the short run, it was like, oh my gosh, this is catastrophic. But, uh, thankfully our investor on the deal was, was very reasonable and understanding. Uh, what's up guys it's your host Jerome I just want to let you know we launched Myers Methods in the fall of 2019 with the ambition to inspire a new breed of multifamily investors if you are interested in getting into multifamily or scaling your current business hop over to our website at MyersMethods.com to grab your free four-step guide on how to get the ball rolling in multifamily now let's get back to the episode uh, all in all we bought that park for $1,012,500. Uh, the initial equity was $358,000. Uh, the capital call of $60,000, you know, was additional and that came in around like month 12 of ownership. Uh, that property is getting refinanced right now with Fannie Mae and it just appraised for 2.8 million. Wow. So Gee. even though we had that little bit of a misstep, we were able to finish the, the business plan and get it fully occupied and, you know, do a lot of improvements and, and do some modest rent increases. And, uh, ultimately, ultimately it was a home run, but it, it just took, you know, it took, uh, it took that extra 60,000 to get it done. Yeah. I think so many people skip over that piece that you shared with us, right? Everybody just wants to get to it. Hey, it's just a praise. We're getting all of our money back out and then we're getting some and we get to continue to enjoy the cash flow. No guys, he had to go back to the investor and ask for, I don't know what 60 over 300 is, but a pretty large chunk of change in the grand scheme of things from a down payment perspective to come in and, and fix something that depending on the investor may say, Andrew, how did, how did you not know that? Um, the funny part is my last job in corporate America, I, I worked for a construction company that was consulting back to the power company. And I worked for the power company for a number of years before I got in that role. And, you know, this whole voltage drop issue that you're having, having partial lights and that kind of thing happens very frequently when you get into development. Um, the fact that you guys were bringing in new mobile homes and that was part of your business plan, having that conversation up front, like you guys have changed your process to do, um, would have saved you because the property was operating fine with the homes that were there. You didn't really have that issue, but yeah. as you're adding, it's no different than, you know, adding units at a apartment complex. You know, if you're just sure. going to feel like you're going to put up a new building or go up a new floor or whatever you want to do to get more money out of the apartment building. 
got to make sure that the electric works. You got to make sure your sewer and water are good. Like all of that infrastructure stuff, you have to check that before you add additional load. And so this is cool that you guys were able to come in. And so you said that the, was it the building inspector that rejected your certificate of occupancy for those new homes that you brought into the park? Yeah, it was from the, from the city. Uh, But when we did our initial inspection with the electrician, you know, these were vacant lots. There were homes on those lots at some point. So I think he kind of assumed that, hey, no big deal. There were homes there that worked in the past, you know, but what what we didn't account for is that, you know, he didn't have experience or, or a vast experience in dealing with manufactured housing to know that older homes, older mobile homes maybe only needed a hundred amp service or maybe 60 amp service. So now, you know, with brand new homes coming off the factory floor, they require 200 amp service. So, you know, that just changed the whole dynamic. Uh, But yeah, definitely a learning experience. Uh, You know, thank God it it played out, you know, the way it did. And, and, you know, we're, we're covered there and, uh, you know, we're able to, to repay, you know, plus a a very healthy return. But uh, yeah, it was, it was a tough deal. Yeah, Andrew, you, I mean, some people may say, hey, why not just leave the lots vacant? Why why go through making a capital call and spending the money? Um, would you be willing to walk through, hey, adding these homes, added X amount Definitely. of valuation? Definitely. So the way we value a mobile home lot is we take the lot rent, we multiply it by, uh, you know, one, mul- multiply it by one lot. You take that to buy an expense ratio, which this is a city sewer, city water park. So it's typically a 30% expense ratio. So you take that 30% off, multiply it by 12, and that's what the value of an occupied lot is to us. So in this park, the value of an occupied lot was about 35 to 40 grand based off of the lot rent. So if you look at that and you look at the cost involved with you know fixing these electrical pedestals and bringing a home in, you know, the total all in cost was about 20 grand to bring a home in for the cost of the home to, you know, get the electrical upgraded, do the plumbing hookups, the skirting, the steps, uh, the so forth. So it's technically a two for one, you know, deal there, uh, where you're, you're doubling your money. So it's, it still made sense in the grand scheme of things to raise the additional capital. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, what words of wisdom would you offer to the listeners, Andrew? My, my word of wisdom would be, you know, definitely do due diligence, get with people that have been in the business a while. Uh, you know, especially if you're trying to do your first deal, I would say, hey, contact somebody that's already been in the business and already has done several deals because not every seminar is going to teach you everything you need to know. You know, you got you to gotta get your hands dirty. You got to dig in a little bit. Uh, so I would say, hey, for your first deal, go out, find a deal, contact someone that's in the business. And partner with them on that first deal, learn operations, learn due diligence, learn, you know, the pro forma process, et cetera. And, uh, you know, then you can do your next deal by yourself, possibly with what you learned. I think that's amazing. Uh, If I could dig a little bit deeper on the on the partnering piece, what is it that you brought to the table that made this investor that partnered with you on this deal? Uh, interested in partnering with you because calling somebody and say, Hey, can I pick your brain over a cup of coffee? Doesn't translate into a partnership. So what did, I'm sure you were pretty strategic and prescriptive in your uh, approach. 
What, what was that? Yeah. So I, I, I presented a business plan along with a pro forma and, you know, I, we had met at the same boot camp, So we both were, you know, had common interests. I think it also helped that my background included, you know, Lonnie dealing, you know, where I was buying mobile homes in parks and then selling them on contracts. So I had some experience there. Uh, but I think the pro forma really told the story of, of the value that could be added and the returns that can be achieved. And that is really what, what caught this investor's eye. Uh, and then on top of that, you know, me being the boots on the ground guy that's going to be handling operations where, you know, he can be completely passive uh, was, was very attractive as well. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you very much, man. Um, if the listeners want to get in contact with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, if they want to, if they're interested in investing with me through like a syndication or possibly uh, if they want to bring a deal and JV on a, on a mobile home park acquisition, they can check out my website. That's keelteam.com. That's K-E-E-L team, like a basketball team.com. Click on the consult button and set up a time to chat with me and we can take it from there. Awesome. Thank you for coming on the show, Andrew. Talk Thanks for having me, Jerome. Appreciate it. You made it to this juncture, so you really love what we shared on this episode of Myers Methods Presents Multifamily Missteps. Do us a favor, give us a five-star rating, give us a review, and share this with somebody who's interested in multifamily investing. Until the next time, the pack is with you.